Hey, Autumn. Hey, Hal. I watched an absolute classic this weekend. Oh, yeah? What's it about? So there's this guy, he is an artist, and he's living in New York. He's like an actually really successful artist. He has two paintings paintings in the Whitney, which is like a big deal. Uh, but he is living in New York, and his grandfather has a fall. And so he comes back to his hometown of Big Eaton, Montana, to take care of him for a little while. And there he meets, like, you know, people he used to know when he was a kid. He, like, gets reacquainted with an old best friend of his. And he also meets this Native American man named Pike, who is really shy and soft-spoken. And he's the best part of the movie. And it's just this small town sort of coming together to support all of these characters in, like, a trying time. Okay, but is it gay? Welcome to Okay, But Is It Gay, a podcast about gay movies that don't get recommended or talked about that often. That might, This one might be the exception, just because it's been around for so long. We're talking about Big Eaton from 2000, directed by Thomas Bazooka. Thomas Bazooka, yes. We watched all that behind-the-scenes material, and I believe that he says his name bazooka i definitely blocked it out if he said his name out loud that man is so <laughs> difficult to listen to Otto <laughs> did not like the director's commentary <laughs> no and i will be ranting about it just so everyone's prepared for that sometimes a director's commentary is really insightful and engaging even if it is just one person talking about their vision and sometimes a director's commentary is a man who really wants to marry a lake in montana and he hasn't processed that yet, and so is just talking about it a lot instead of talking about the film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but before we get into all the director's mistakes, <laughs> this was the only one that, Hal, you had seen before ahead of time, right? Yes. And you had like... Wait, before we get into that, like, there's no warnings? I don't, I don't think that there are any... I didn't write any, any down, and thinking on it again... There are not a lot of warnings for this. There's no homophobia in this movie, which is very refreshing, especially for a movie from the 2000s. There is the death of a parental figure that I would want to warn about. And we are probably going to discuss anti-Native American racism, even though there isn't really any in the text. But looking at this text as like an etymological, like not etymological, uh, there's a different word I want there, but like as a a thing that exists in the world, we have to talk about some anti-Native American racism. So that's, be warned for that. Otherwise, there's nothing to warn about for this movie, which is great. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's pretty... Kind of, sort of. We'll talk about Wholesome it. and, yeah, free of yeah. things. Free of too many mm. things, perhaps. But that's okay. <laughs> perhaps. Oh, internalized homophobia also is a big factor, but yeah. Oh, that's true. I was like, wait, with who? But yeah, with, with that guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with Peter Burke. <sighs> wow, yeah, I blocked that character out for a hot second. <laughs> I like him. I think he could have been fun, except... But he wasn't. Compulsory heterosexuality is real. He could have been fun, but he wasn't. That's, that's just... <laughs> 
that could summarize this movie, really. You know, so many things could have been fun, could have been great, but they weren't. So, but yeah, like like you were saying, I did watch this movie before. I watched this movie in like maybe 2011, when I had just discovered that gay people exist, and that also maybe I was one. Of them. Love that for you. It was like two in the morning. It was on one of those those channels that just shows movies, and I watched it and uh, felt bad about it for a while. (laughs) And we were both so pleasantly surprised to learn of its association with Wolf Video, and so it had to be included here. Mm -hmm. Formative experience, this. Yeah, I'd say this is the most successful, probably, movie on our list, too, right? Yeah, it's got a GLAAD award. And the director, for some reason, has been given other projects, (laughs) like that one movie that just came out very recently with Kevin Costner, Brian, right? Yeah. I was going to say Brian Cranston. Definitely not it's, him. It's, it is. <laughs> and I I don't know why he was given that project. He is not a good just director. because. He's not. No. That's what the commentary told mm. me. And I, I will fight you on that if you disagree with me. But that was forever ago. Doesn't matter. That was in 2000. Nope. I... He's been working this whole time. And just because a man wants to marry a lake... And he wants to talk to you for an hour and 30 minutes about how much he wants to marry a lake. Doesn't mean he's a bad director. I... We gotta stop. We gotta stop making fun of Tom Bazooka or he'll, like, come at us or something. Probably not. You know what? But what I'll if? fight him. I'm prepared. <laughs> I'll win. It'll be great. Autumn could take Tom Bazooka. Uh, I don't know. He's got a weapon in his name. He's got a bazooka. That is an incredible name. Truly. <laughs> All right. Should we start talking about the film? So this movie. <laughs> so this movie, it's the beginning part is set in New York. It was filmed on location in New York. It was also filmed on location in Montana in a state park. Again, we watched the director's commentary and he talks a lot about location scouting for this film. That's all he talks about. In case, you know, you were interested, uh, in case director's commentaries entertain you, this one won't. <laughs> so Henry, he's this guy, he's living, he's, you know. He's this guy. He, that's a really good description of Henry. He's this guy. He has a, a show opening, right? Mm-hmm. He has a, he's getting ready for an art exhibition. Uh, he does these big abstract, like, nature-inspired paintings and his agent is all, we'll get you a boyfriend yet, which establishes right away that homophobia doesn't exist in this movie. Like, it's just not a thing that's going to be present. No one throws rocks at these gay men, uh, which is a really big deal, I think, for a movie from 2000, you know? Yeah, absolutely not a single character is homophobic. Not mm-hmm. even, like, a little bit. It's not even, you know, weird, subtle comments. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So... Grace, his fr- one of his friends from back home, calls him to tell him that his grandfather has had a stroke, uh, that he's had a, had a fall and that triggered a stroke, and his agent is upset that he won't wait until after the gallery opening, that he would have to like wait a week and be in New York for another week while his grandfather presumably convalesces in the ho- in a hospital bed in order for him to like be around for his gallery opening. But Henry's like his grandfather Sam is his only family. So he's like, no, I'm going to Montana, leave me alone. Yeah, I I would like to briefly point out Mm -hmm. the acting (laughs) of that character just because Uh 
it's so unnecessarily over the top and the director thinks it's so good yeah this is something we learned from the commentary is that a lot of these people are theater actors are broadway actors who are friends and you can tell Mm -hmm. like (laughs) i talked about genre space and acting in the in the tiger orange i was gonna say tiger eden tiger orange episode (laughs) uh where it's difficult sometimes for a theater actor to come and be in film or tv to be on camera because it is just such a different beast like if you've never acted before you probably like you might not quite understand what i mean but like it's so the things that you have to do in order to communicate how like what you're saying and how your character is feeling are so so different on stage versus on camera and so the acting for uh what is what is this actress's name big eden cast what is it would help help if i remembered the uh character's name mary margaret um her name's vian cox uh, the actress and she is good i'm sure in the theater stuff that she's done she's got awards uh for theater stuff and she's just it's not it's not here for <laughs> for her her film acting yeah when when it's in the movie it just translates to grossly overacting mm-hmm. and sh- everything she says comes across as like very loud. hysterical yeah. basically and and it i partly i think she's trying to act a bit hysterical because the the argument they're having is kind of ridiculous he's yeah. like wow i have to visit my injured sick grandfather that's in the hospital and she's like what can't that wait (laughs) so i think it's it's you know meant to be humorous but we were just looking at each other like she needs to tone it down Mm -hmm. so many notches so many and she also has this line you're choosing to bail as usual which is the only foreshadowing that we get for a decision that uh henry makes later and also, like, the only build-up that we get for that decision, really. The only explanation. Um, and it's supposed to, like, support this pivotal plot point that happens, and it just doesn't. Well, you know what? I mean, to be fair, a lot of this movie, I feel like, is... There's this unspoken tension, kind of, between Henry and, like, all the people in the town that he mm-hmm. returns to about the fact that he left so long ago and stayed away like he doesn't really come back for holidays or anything mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, implying that he did kind of run away and some of the dialogue later also implies a reason for his fleeing as well mm-hmm. so there is a little bit in the movie about that but it's not really it's mostly kind of hinted at and not uh addressed yeah head on Mm-hmm. But we can talk about that when we, we can cross that bridge when we come to it. So he, he does fly out to Montana. He gets to Big Eden. We get these like beautiful like establishing shots of the surrounding wilderness. It's filmed like in uh, one of the Montana State Parks, and it's like really pretty. And <laughs> he and Sam have this really cute conversation that sort of establishes their dynamic where like sam is like super grumpy about being like taking sam's the grandfather i don't know if we we clarified that (laughs) yeah his grandfather sam he calls him sampa which is really cute yeah they have they have a cute dynamic Mm -hmm. a lot of the characters have cute dynamics honestly Mm -hmm. oh yeah the like the dialogue and like character dynamics and like character relationships in this movie are really good but 
Sam is, like, grumpy about, like, being taken care of, you know? Like, older people very often are, like, used to being independent, and then all of a sudden you can't be as independent anymore, and, like, you need people to look after you, and it's like, no, I'm a (laughs) grown-up. And it turns out that he was replacing shingles on a roof on a house that he built in town. Like, he built almost all of the houses in town um, when he was younger, and so he's like, I built it, I should take care of it. And, like, I don't know who this homeowner was who was letting this old man up on their roof. (laughs) Like, that's just not addressed. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a good point, because we get the impression this whole movie that everyone in the town is very supportive, very close-knit, looks after each other. No one saw this, and... uh, raised any eyebrows everyone's like yeah that's that's typical sam what but henry's like sampa you're retired and sam's like says you (laughs) says everybody says everyone sir but then henry like is to move in with sam to watch over him while he recovers and so he goes down to the to the cabin while sam is like still in the hospital under observation and this is where he like takes like a full running leap off the dock outside of like it's a cabin that's on a lake and there's a dock and the first thing that henry does upon getting to his childhood home is take a full like sprinting leap off this dock clothes on shoes on and all i hope he took his phone out of his pocket just like like leaps into this lake i was very disturbed that he kept his shoes on (laughs) i now he like always remains fully clothed in this entire movie to kind of a weird amount like i feel like a lot of time when he has button downs and he has like the t-shirts underneath and stuff and it's very unnecessary because a lot of the other characters don't do that so it makes it more noticeable to me (laughs) yeah there's another lake scene later and i don't remember if he takes his shirt off to get in the lake later i feel like he doesn't i think i specifically was like paying attention to this and he seemed weirdly uncomfortable with undressing to any degree Mm. in front of the camera and i guess that has to translate to shoes you can keep your socks on if it's that important buddy but take (laughs) off your shoes before you jump in a weird leg no the socks are the problem if you're gonna get wet take your socks off no the shoes okay socks easily dried well then they're on your feet then you and they're wet look He's the one with these weird issues about showing skin. I'm just trying to make him more comfortable. Anyway. Henry doesn't seem to be happy to be back home. Like, this is the thing that you were hinting at before. Is like, he doesn't seem to be happy to be back home. And his agent said earlier, Mary Margaret said, I think she's just referred to as his agent the entire time in my notes. But um, Mary Margaret said that he doesn't come home often for, like, holidays. And so, like, I don't know what's up there. Because again, this this town doesn't have, there's no town homophobe in this town. Like, so we don't even have like that explanation. The only thing that I feel like kind of made sense, two possible explanations here. One mm-hmm. is that it's related to Dean. Mm. Um, but Dean just got back into town. Dean moved away too. Right. I mean, I don't think he followed that closely as coming and going because he was very surprised to learn that. Uh, but also, he mm. he never, at least in his mind, I would argue the movie says differently. In his mind, he never comes out to his grandfather um, and mm. is, like, afraid to do so. So maybe he was just fleeing from the potential accident of coming out. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but it just, it just feels incongruous because... It's, like, demonstrated, actively demonstrated, like, not only does homophobia not exist, but this town is actively supportive of... This town said gay rights. 
Like, there's going to be a sequence later, and the whole town, the whole county is going to say gay rights. So it feels like, oh, this gay character has to be afraid of their hometown because gay characters in movies are afraid of their hometown. And, like, in parentheses, because homophobia. So it feels weird in this movie where the homophobic element doesn't exist for this gay character to still be afraid of their hometown. Look at us complaining that there's no homophobia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying if there's not going to be any homophobia, the repercussions of homophobia can also have to not exist. Yeah. It... Like, he can just be a dude who lives in New York and is busy. Like, there's not exactly a thriving art scene in Big Eaton. He needs to live in New York because of his career. And he could just be, have been busy. It is, yeah, the movie, if there was like a weird flashback scene of him experiencing any sort of homophobia at any point in his life, that would clear this all up really easily. Mm -hmm. Maybe his parents weren't like super supportive or something. I don't know. Uh, We know nothing about the parents, really. It's also weird. Obviously, New York is like a big art scene, but considering the subject of like his paintings, which are a lot of nature things new york is a weird choice i just thought of that maybe but again new york is where the gays live new york is where the gays live. or like it's it's his way to bring the the town with him when he moved to new york maybe Mm, maybe that's all i can think of but yeah it it doesn't really make sense there's a lot of things that uh the director thinks is very clear (laughs) that just they're not clear yeah this is another thing from that commentary we, we went in being like okay he's gonna explain some of his di- directorial choices and every single time we got to a scene where we were like okay please talk about why you made this decision he was like well obviously you like this needs no explanation and we're like no no tom no the difference between an okay movie and a good movie is how well the director Mm -hmm. is able to, like, objectively, uh, you know, decide what needs further explained to the audience or not. That was so clear to me Mm -hmm. listening to that commentary. Because he, (laughs) this director, has absolutely no idea. He's so far in his own little world where he's in love with nature (laughs) and not, like, real people that he doesn't understand what we as the audience can decide for ourselves. He thinks things that are very Mm -hmm. obvious need a lot of further explanation for some reason, which just comes across as redundant Uh and stupid. And then things that are very vague and make no sense narratively, he just thinks is, you know, crystal clear. And the same thing is true about, like, all about E, what we were talking about before, you know, being confused (laughs) about, like, E's motivations for literally anything. These directors just Uh assume we understand things that are actually very confusing. Yeah, like, we're not in these characters' heads the same. This happens when writing. If you get so far deep into a project that it feels obvious to you why uh, a character is doing a thing, Maybe show that to someone who you've never talked to about this project and ask them what you what they think their the character's motivations are because chances are you have gotten too deep into your world and like that happens uh, and when you when that happens you need to enlist a friend. This movie would have benefited from that so much. <laughs> Just a few objective outside eyes looking at it. He talks about in in the commentary. Bazooka talks about 
like either a producer or like an assistant screenwriter like asking him for more on a scene and he was just like no that doesn't need explaining and like it was one of the ones that needed explaining this is why i'm confused why he was given any other projects <laughs> again this is a long time ago i'm sure that he's like grown and expanded <laughs> maybe I, I don't know we should watch the the it's not a brian cranston movie <laughs> Kevin Costner. <laughs> Kevin Costner. <laughs> we should watch Let Him Go, and we should see. I really do want to see it, and just, you know, through the lens of having just thought about this movie, and yeah. see if he learned from his mistakes. Because the commentary, I mean, that bonus stuff came out 10 years later, and he still mm-hmm. thinks, like, that he did a great job and there were no flaws, so. That's true. The DVD release was for, like, the 10th anniversary special. So let's keep that in mind. (laughs) Anyway, I think the next thing that happens is uh, Henry visits Grace. Yes. At work. Uh, So we get to finally meet her in person. Mm -hmm. And she works with, uh, like, kindergartners or first graders or something? Yeah, very young. First, second grade. They must be in some sort of summer program because it is summer. We're, like, gearing up for the 4th of July. They're making, like... Fourth of July themed arts and crafts. Um, he tries to help out with the arts and crafts, and the kids are not impressed with him trying to pass off a paper snowflake as a star. They're like making stars for paper banners, and he's like, "I have made a star," and they're like, "That's a snowflake." <laughs> Very realistic children dialogue here, honestly. <laughs> And Grace tells him that one of the kids that he was working with at the table is the son of his childhood friend, Dean, who has moved back into town recently. And Henry, like, didn't know that Dean had kids and didn't know that he had moved back into Big Eden. Um, And Dean's a big deal. Yeah, Henry's clearly very upset. Kind of, you get the impression that if he had found out Dean was back, maybe he would have uh, just (laughs) left his grandfather in the hospital. At least that's the impression I was getting. He was so upset about it. And yeah. I feel like, I don't know. If you really want to avoid this guy, I feel like he could do it. But he doesn't try too hard. Down. That's true. I don't know. <laughs> Henry also asks, like, how's Dean looking these days? And Grace does not understand what he's getting at. <laughs> doesn't she? Grace struck me as, like, the one who knew the most of what was going on at any given time. Oh yeah, 100%. Like, maybe it's not that she didn't understand what he was getting at, but more that she, like, didn't want, she didn't want to indulge his questions about his childhood crush. Yeah. I was gonna say Henry could do better, but then I remembered some decisions Henry makes, so never mind. But then you remember that Henry's a bad person, and actually, Pike could do better. Yeah! That's what we could call this episode, honestly. (laughs) We could also call it something about the director marrying a lake, but you know. <laughs> no, that's not what that's not what the movie's about. Isn't it? Isn't it? This isn't a podcast episode about the director's commentary. It's a podcast episode for Pike Dexter and my love for him. If you watch the movie going in knowing the director's love of nature shots and not (laughs) characters then you will think the movie is about that (laughs) so speaking of pike grace takes henry to sort of the town hub uh dexter's general store uh and introduces him to the regulars 
um, including Pike, who is working behind the counter. He, like, owns and operates this general store, and he lives in an apartment in the back. And Pike is very shy and soft-spoken, and he has a dog named Francis, and he is the cutest man in this movie. Also the best actor, I think. Yeah, honestly. Because he's not doing that overacting thing. Mm-hmm. He's actually acting mm-hmm. for film. Mm-hmm. He's very good at communicating Pike's emotional state via his stance and like the things he's doing with his shoulders as well as his facial expressions. He's a good like body actor. His facial expressions are amazing because he doesn't, like you said, he doesn't actually have a lot of dialogue. So you really do have to obviously Mm -hmm. make up for that then with, with everything else. And he does it so well. And just every scene he's in, like all your attention immediately goes to him. Mm -hmm. And then Henry says, people don't cook in New York. I don't think that he says people don't cook in New York, but he's like, I live in New York, comma, I don't cook. I guess people just don't cook in New York. New Yorkers weigh in on this. I mean, that makes sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) Everything could be delivered in like two seconds. Why bother? Mm, I guess. <laughs> Grace is trying to arrange, like, grocery runs for Henry and Sam because, you know, Henry doesn't cook. And Pike suggests a local widow who often cooks meals for locals. And Grace insists that Pike deliver the food, I think, because she has tried to set them up. 100%. Like, she hears Henry say, how's Dean looking? And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, absolutely. This scene, like what I said before, the Grace seems to know the most about, you know, what's going on at any given time. This scene really cements that because she's so obviously like, you know, trying to encourage this, this convert. I mean, she didn't need to bring Henry to the general store at all, really, but she does. She introduces Mm -hmm. him to Pike. She's like trying to encourage Mm -hmm. conversation. Pike's very clearly and obviously trying to get out of being this like (laughs) delivery boy uh and grace just refuses to let him then uh sam gets discharged from the hospital and he's like big grumpy about his new wheelchair it's very good this actor also a very good actor Mm -hmm. he's good at like carrying scenes he's good at um making us understand what sam is feeling (laughs) just it's just the sam and pike show absolutely No one else matters. (laughs) Pike brings dinner to them for the first time and very resolutely does not stay over. Sam and Henry are like, you should say, we'll make you a plate. And and Pike's like, nope. Like, absolutely ghosts. Pike flees from their house. There is no other word to use other than flee. I mean, there is clear panic in his voice, like, backing toward the door (laughs) as quickly as possible without obviously running. Did not expect to be to be invited in for dinner. (laughs) Has not prepared himself. Was really hoping, it feels like, not to interact with Henry at all. Henry also talks to Mary Margaret, who's super impatient about him coming back to New York. Like, he's been here, like, two days. Like, calm down. He has a sick grand... He has an infirmed grandfather to take care of. Yeah, and she's, like, making it all about her in a way that feels like it's supposed to be comedic. But once again, it's just comes across as stupid yeah also during this conversation he talks to her about dean being back and she's like captain of the football team lumberjack team fantasy (laughs) is how he how she describes dean that's very funny this is also where we get like it confirmed that henry isn't out to his grandfather which he's like super conflicted about even though it's very clear throughout this entire film that the grandfather 
would be and is very supportive. Mm-hmm. Like he presumably knows that Pike is gay because all of the other townies know. And well, he's like, fine. They don't figure it out until like halfway through this movie. I feel like they don't figure out about his crush on Henry. I don't. Or maybe I don't right. know. The conversation that I'm thinking of implied they just didn't really know in general. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you might be right. Now that I'm thinking about it again. Also, it turns out this is important. This turns out that a lot of the food that Widow Thayer has prepared is not suitable for Sam's new, new health, heart-healthy diet. And so Pike takes note of that, stores that in his brain space, <laughs> and then goes home and has dinner by himself. In the dark. And mm-hmm. ends up feeding like most of the food to the dog. <laughs> he like gives her a slice of bread. He like has, has made himself a cold sandwich for dinner and gives her a slice of bread. And the, the dog actor playing Francis does not eat the bread, which is important <laughs> because dogs can't have yeast. Don't feed dogs bread products. You know, we said Pike's the best character. Actually, Francis is the best character. Mm-hmm. She's lovely. Her, her actor is named Queenie, and she's also a good actor. <laughs> uh, Sam and Henry, like, meanwhile, are, like, sitting outside and having a beer under the stars, even though Sam isn't supposed to be drinking. It's, like, his cheat day. <laughs> Sam is, uh, like, super supportive of Henry's art career. He's, like, not one of those those parental figures who's like, when are you going to get a real job? And, like, I don't even know if it's, like, even predicated on the fact that, like, Henry's uh successful you know like the whitney took two of his paintings they just sort of gloss over that and he's like yeah the whitney took a couple like the whitney it 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 is weird that uh i didn't really think about it watching the movie but it is weird that the movie doesn't care more about his supposed success i mean it's not about his career in any way but yeah like, taking away that little random side comment he makes, we have no real indication. We know that he has a sick-ass apartment. His apartment's really good in New York. Yeah, but that's just a thing that happens in <laughs> movies that involve New York. That's also true. So mm-hmm. that I don't <laughs> let that mean anything when I watch something. <laughs> we know that the director just wanted a cool view. And that's what he says in the commentary, yeah. in case you were curious. Yeah. <laughs> So our next scene is Henry attending church with his grandfather, and Dean Stewart is here, and he is played by, what is this actor's name? I was really excited to re- realize and remember that Tim Decay is in this movie. Where are my white-collar fans at? <laughs> Peter Burke's in this film. This, in my head, is just Peter Burke's secret backstory. <laughs> And this lays the foundation for his queer awakening once he meets Neil Caffrey. Yeah. That that's neither that's neither here nor there. <laughs> the two of them, Dean and Henry, make homosexual eye contact across this the uh, this church. As you do while you're while you're worshiping Jesus. <laughs> typical typical Sunday morning. You've been to a lot more church than me. You can attest to this. <laughs> Uh, no comment. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing really happens mm-hmm. with that other than we get, like, awkward Henry pining for no mm-hmm. reason. But then when he tries to leave, he gets, like, cornered by Madeline. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, who's the one cooking all the meals mm-hmm. for him and Sam. And she's... Now that uh, Henry is back, for presumably not really that long of a time, but... <laughs> 
she seems convinced it's going to be forever. Uh, so she, At least a season. Yeah, so she wants to set him up with the eligible women in mm-hmm. town. Like, he comes with this social function that he gets absolutely, he gets bodied in the coming of this social function. And when he gets there, it becomes very apparent that he is the only man his age <laughs> among a sea of eligible women. Yeah, this poor guy. And he, like, every time she invites him to things, you know, he tries to decline and he, like, is not allowed to, <laughs> which is pretty mm-hmm. funny. Um the only women there that's like worth mentioning is uh the mayor. Yeah, Anna, Anna's here. Who I who I think went to mm-hmm. school with him. They're like old friends. She was friends with him and and with Dean. Uh Dean also arrives, takes Henry home to catch up with um to catch up with Sam. Dean asks Henry out for a beer and Henry just straight up refuses to answer. Dean's like, we should get a beer together and catch up. And Henry says zero words. You know what? That's something that I would and have done in a situation (laughs) like that. So I can't judge him for that one. I can. (laughs) Uh, Then Henry heads to the general store to try try and buy some paint for his art. And I've written here, Pike is a sweet cinnamon roll. I don't remember the exact context, but it is true. Mm -hmm. Oh, I do. I remember. <laughs> um, so, like, every time anyone goes to this general store, there's just, like, this group of guys that mm-hmm. hang out there, presumably all day doing nothing. <laughs> I, I don't know why they never have, like, hobbies or anything else going they on. They have hobbies. It's sitting in the general store hanging out. That Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, but they mentioned that Pike has talked about Henry's artwork before Mm. and pike gets like super embarrassed and henry was like bringing in a list of like the paints that he wanted to order and he just kind of hides his face with the list (laughs) and it's so cute and relatable pike is very relatable Mm -hmm. here in in every scene actually i love him (laughs) he's gonna have to like special order the paints and canvas because they don't really carry that kind of thing normally i don't remember this character's name the man with the um, volunteer firefighter hat. I was going to say the, the baseball cap guy. <laughs> no, it's the volunteer Because that's his name. Jim. His name is Jim. Jim. <laughs> and he's like, oh, there's a Sherman Williams up the road. And another one of the local, uh, one, of, one of the general store regulars is like, he's an artist, Jim. He's not Peyton McGraw. God, Jim. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> then Pike gives Henry the delivery, since he's, like, there already. Gives the delivery from Thayer in person. And the food, it looks like... It's, it's like, a mix of 70s, let's put hollandaise on ham and bananas, and 50s jello mold surprise kind of stuff. Mm. It's, it's, you know, old lady food. Edible, but like barely. Yeah, but like dubious and like not fun to eat, <laughs> not enjoyable to consume. Um, and so after sending Henry off with this box of like questionable food, Pike grabs the joy of cooking from the general store's lending library and then the plot really gets cooking. You just had to make that pun. Oh, didn't that you? was not... <laughs> That's not intentional. You, you. I'm not intentional. I'm just hilarious. Mm -hmm. I'm funny without even trying. That's why I'm just, I'm just cringing over here. (laughs) 
Uh, my next note is literally potential lesbians question mark, and that is my that's the entire <laughs> note. Dean and the boys, Dean and his two sons. He's got like maybe like a seven or eight year old, and then like an ele- a ten or eleven year old. Um, and <laughs> Dean and the boys are helping Henry build a ramp for Sam's wheelchair, and they go to Ace Hardware where Dean works, and there are these two lesbians there. <laughs> Their names are Just, Carol and Jenny. I love that you know their names. They're so, it's so quick. The first time we watched this mm-hmm. movie, uh, didn't pick nope. up on it at all. And then the second time we watched it, I thought I saw something in the right. background. And I was like, wait a minute, lesbians? I'm typing something. I'm looking at my <laughs> laptop screen and Autumn just shouts, lesbians? <laughs> you know, I didn't do. <laughs> and then when we watched the director commentary, we like got paid really close attention for mm-hmm. that moment and then we're able to really catch it but it that's how subtle it and is you but... know what to his credit bazooka pointed them out and i think that's where i got their names from uh, okay <laughs> yeah their names are definitely not really in the no. movie because they are not important no characters. they are background <laughs> lesbians only Where's my sequel <laughs> sequel about Carol and Jenny? Where is the sequel? He should have made that and not the Kevin Costner movie. We get it 20 years later of all these characters. It would have been great. Um, so Thayer, once they're back at the house trying to build this ramp, Thayer brings like a gaggle of single women to Henry's house, which makes, and, like having a conversation with those women afterwards is what makes her realize that Henry is gay. Like one of them is like, isn't that just the way the cute ones are always, you know, always swing the other way. And Thayer's like, oh, I've been doing this wrong. Okay. First of all, uh, I'd like to point out that Henry is not in any way He's cute. very average. Pike's cute. Uh, Potentially even a little below average, to be honest. Um, I don't understand why all these men are and women are like fawning after him because the only appealing thing about him is that he's an artist. I don't know if that's enough to make up for the face and the personality. I'm Ottoman. I have standards. I'm allowed to have standards. Thank you very much. And I'm just pointing it out for the audience who maybe doesn't want to watch this movie, but they deserve to know that he's not attractive at all, okay? Everyone should watch this movie. It's good. It's wholesome. But also, second point, um, the fact that he is not interested in these women, I don't know why that is like sure proof that this man is gay (laughs) there are so many other he could have a girlfriend in new york he could why didn't he just say that he could not want to look for someone while he's supposedly just visiting this town for a short period of time Mm -hmm. so many other explanations but automatically the thought is oh must be gay and just completely sure of this fact Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Immediately flips a switch. Oh, gay, clearly. Moving on. Clearly. So (laughs) then we're back at the general store, and Pike is, like, unpacking, like, paint and primer that Henry ordered, and his general store buddies realize that he might have a little crush. It's very cute. There's, like, this just pod of, like, mountain men, like, dudes in plaid with big walrus mustaches, like townies and they're all like oh pike likes a boy pike likes a boy yeah and it's like sweet in this kind of sad way because we we just get all of these shots like kind of a mini montage really of like Mm -hmm. pike ordering all of these 
recipe books and magazines and he Mm -hmm. starts cooking for Henry. Um, His master plan is he'll just give Henry this like better food that he cooked and then he'll just take uh, the food intended for him for himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and at the same time, Henry's now spending, like, all of his free time with Dean. Mm-hmm. Which is just really sad. <laughs> and when all of the the store regulars, you know, start to pick up on it, um, they never actually, like, say the word gay or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of, which feels weird that they don't say it. Jim's just like, I never suspected that you... And then he just kind of trails off. <laughs> yeah. And it is really a really sweet scene. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was kind of weird that like none of it's ever really voiced out loud. Yeah. That might be a censorship, censorship mm-hmm. thing. But I don't know. I don't know what the state of, you know. So like we, we could have two men make out, but we can't say the word gay. That's... Yeah. We say gay elsewhere in the movie. We say Stuff's it's weird. said elsewhere, isn't it? That's true. That might be true. I feel like that's true. Never mind. <laughs> Theory torpedoed. <laughs> <laughs> I really like how much we learn, can learn just visually about each of the um, the general store regulars, just from like their wardrobe and the, the like props that they're holding. Like there's this one guy who's always wearing a cowboy hat and he has a big mustache and he is 100% of the time holding a book. Like, at one point, Pike enlists his friends to, like, help him catch fresh fish um, so that he can, like, cook up, like, a nice, like, I believe it is a salmon dish, but I might be wrong, um, a nice a nice fish dish. And, like, he's holding his book and his fishing rod at the same time. And those are good directorial choices that Bazooka made. So there. <laughs> All right. You know what? I will give that to you. His handling of these background a store regular characters who most of them i don't even know if their names are ever said out loud uh pretty good pretty consistent also most of them are according to the commentary played by like just real people who are living around the town where they were filming this movie and they were like much like the townies in the movie were very uh, supportive of this project being filmed in their area and wanted to help out and so are just in the movie I mean, that's you know extras for movies and shows are always just from the surrounding area yeah but like they're not like actors they're like ranchers well we'll give him we'll give the director one point for his handling of these background extras <laughs> uh but know that it's given under duress <laughs> Also, during this montage, I know this new Love Will Last plays. This movie has a banging soundtrack. <laughs> then we're back at the deck build, and Dean takes off his shirt like a slut. <laughs> yeah, so he can go jump in the lake, mm-hmm. right, with the with his sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this that moment, him doing that, is what like made it really clear to me how uncomfortable it seemed Henry's actor was with like taking off his shirt at any point in this movie <laughs> then we get uh jim uh, jim and pike in the kitchen and <laughs> jim's like hey, essentially like hey pike you're gonna crush on this guy and pike's like why is everybody always asking me questions damn <laughs> <laughs> well, he's gotta be asking questions just let the boy cook it's okay <laughs> jim says what does all this mean and pike says i don't know what it means jim which, like, 
I think implies that this is the first time that Pike is like having these romantic feelings maybe for another man or like maybe even like for another person ever and like that's fun and I wish we explored it more. See elsewhere in the movie and again this is so unremarked upon and subtle that like it's not you know really worth giving it to to the writing but it implied to me that Pike the same way that Henry has had on a crush on Dean for a long time, that Pike has had a crush on Henry. Mm. Because they have a conversation near the end of the film. Because uh, Pike also went to school with them. Yes. Where Henry like asks him if, if Pike remembers him from school, and he never answers. Mm-hmm. But I got the impression that he did and that he had a crush. Mm. That's fair. Which is part of why he was so panicked from the get-go when he saw Henry show up at his store that first time. Mm, okay, yeah, that's fair. I guess I, I didn't get that vibe, but if you got that vibe, I trust that the vibe was there. <laughs> I got that vibe very strongly. I paid a lot of attention to it. <laughs> then uh, Henry and Sam invite Pike to stay for dinner that night again, and he flees again. But they're very impressed with the fr- with the fish that he made, but of course they think that Thayer made it, and Pike has to eat the, like, jello tuna salad that (laughs) Thayer made. Yeah, that's... He should have saved some of his own food for himself. Come (laughs) on, dude. You deserve to reap the, like, rewards of all of your hard work. Very important that uh, he doesn't give Frances any of this food. She has kibble. (laughs) Because, like, before, it was, like, a slice of bread and then a leftover TV dinner. And it's like, no. (laughs) She has, she has cable in the scene. That's good. Then the next time we see Thayer, um, Henry thanks her for the food, and she invites him to another function, this time attended by all the local single men. <laughs> like, completely flips the switch. Inclusivity. This is, this is, this should happen in any movie where there is a matchmaking element and there's like a mistake, like, oh no, actually, I don't, I'm not. <laughs> Like, it should just immediately be like, oh, okay, well, here's every gay man in the county. It's so refreshing because it is so casual, mm-hmm. not really remarked upon at all. Just, oh, now now there's men instead. And the fact that it's coming from an older character is really fun. Yeah. She's a great character. Yeah. Then the next the next town event is the Fourth of July. This movie's just town events. Um, the next event it really is is the Fourth of July picnic. Henry hangs out with Dean and the boys, and um, the the townsfolk all really enjoy having Henry back in town. They're like, "Oh, you're here again, and your vibe is adding so much to the community." <laughs> I don't know what he's adding to this community, though. <laughs> he he helps out with Grace at her work with the little kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I don't know what he's contributing. <laughs> yeah. He's just so... He's just... And I don't know whether to attribute this to acting or maybe, like, his personality is just like this. But he's just a very flat person. That could just be the fault of the writing a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely nothing you're just supposed to like attribute all these things to this character that he doesn't actually bring anything himself. yeah it's not demonstrated we're just told we also learn that pike donates his barbecue uh to the picnic every year but he doesn't like crowds so he doesn't usually come and the lesbians are here they're here and they're holding hands <laughs> i think that's 
potentially the only other time we see them. Potentially, yeah. They might be at the funeral. <laughs> yeah, so Henry and Dean, like, dance together mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. picnic. And I think it's meant to be kind of like a fun dude bros dance kind of thing, mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Their vibes are, like, very strange throughout most of this movie yeah. where they're kind of figuratively dancing between, like, are we flirting or are we just good friends? Yeah. It feels like... Uh, the characters definitely don't know mm-hmm. either, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. it feels like Dean's, like, scoping him out. Like, he pay- plays the dancing off of, as a joke, like the repressed little bi man that he is. Oh, uh, yes. Any- anyone who's ever had one of those phases knows exactly what's going on here. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and at the same time... Um, he's constructing intricate s- rituals. That's what he's doing. He's constructing intricate rituals that allow him to touch the skin of other men. You don't have to try that hard, Dean. It's okay. <laughs> and at the same time as they're like having basically a date, mm-hmm. uh, Sam and Pike are just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> because Pike, you know, once more brings over the food and only Sam is there this time. And Sam finally convinces him to stay for dinner. Mm-hmm. And they bond. And they watch the fireworks together. Francis is there. <laughs> Francis is there there so basically the only time pike's willing to actually stay for dinner is when henry's not around Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then um henry and dean do some mutual pining in the truck on the way home the kids are asleep and they like keep stealing glances at each other (laughs) like you want to kiss that man so bad it makes you look stupid and they do look really stupid (laughs) let me just point out both of these characters anger me. I just Dean want to says, make that very clear. Dean says, I'm just so glad you're here. I need you to know that. Yeah. There's some hand I, stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And that they're, like, being watched by Sam and Pike. Is, right. So Sam and Pike have gone down toward the lakeshore to watch the fireworks. And they're coming back. Um, and they're, like, by a tree when they see... Dean and Sam, and Dean and Sam, Dean and Henry <laughs> walk up. Yeah, Dean's like dropping him off back at mm-hmm. home. They walk up to the door, and Pike is like helping push Sam's wheelchair up the little hill to the cabin, and he like shrinks back into the shadows, like pulls the two of them back. <laughs> Sam's like, "What? What? What's going on?" He, Sam doesn't say anything. Sam's a great ally mm-hmm. this whole time, <laughs> but he's just kind of like raising an eyebrow at, at everyone. Actually, we get that fake out. We get the <laughs> yeah, and this hug queer baited me specifically. <laughs> yeah, Dean like weirdly touches Henry's arm <laughs> and leans in. And leans in, and you're like, oh my god, they're gonna kiss, and then it's a hug. And, like, it's very clearly on purpose on part of the, on the part of the character. Like, it's very clearly, I'm Dean, and I want to kiss this man. <laughs> but instead, I'm gonna go for a hug, because I don't know where we're at. Yeah. Dean's my second favorite character. <laughs> wow, I... I wish I could share that love of him with you. I love him. I want to talk about how his story is a secret tragedy later. Not secret tragedy. I don't know what the secret (laughs) is. So after that really terrible scene that poor Pike and Mm -hmm. Sam had to endure from the shadows... Uh, yep. The next day, Sam like asks Henry if there's anything that he wants to tell him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know what? That's a trap if I've ever heard it. Uh, my mom has asked me that many times, and every time I just start sweating. Like when when Sam is obviously an exception to this because he is a good dad. But when normal parents grandpa. ask that grandpa, a good parent, good parent figure, 
Um, but when normal parents ask that, it's always a trap. It's always they're trying to get you to say some stuff so they can call you on it. But, yeah, Sam literally is the most supportive character, Mm -hmm. and I don't understand why Henry has this extremely strong Mm. fear of coming out just specifically to Sam. He doesn't seem to have that issue coming out to anyone else. He's out to grace. He, he seems like kind of unspoken, but basically out to the whole town, just not Sam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's weird. Like, again, like the specter of homophobia exists in this movie when like the actual phenomenon does not exist. And it's just, it doesn't, click quite right uh also henry has another conversation with mary margaret in the scene and she thinks that dean is straight and i disagree (laughs) that's a bisexual right this movie uh doesn't know that bisexuality exists absolutely not um that's very clear both from the movie itself and from all the bonus material you can be Mm -hmm. either straight or gay and there are no other options Mm -hmm. so that's the fault of just the world i guess yeah Now we are in like the latter half of the summer and Grace is going to let Henry use her classroom as a studio for the rest of the summer. And that's fun. And then we get a montage of him painting and Pike trying out new recipes and buying new kitchen equipment. This is set to Achy Breaking, Achy, Aiken, not Achy Breaky Heart. That's a different, Aiken Breaking Heart. I would know if that song was in this movie. <laughs> Aiken Breaking Heart by George Jones, which is an excellent song. This movie has a banging soundtrack. I love I love that montage. Pike like dresses up just for when he goes to drop off the food. And even then though please. he refuses to interact with Henry in any way. So I don't really know what he's dressing up for. Like where's like very specifically puts on this nice crisp white button down, hands the food over, and does a complete 180. It's adorable. <laughs> uh, Henry and Dean and Anna all hang out together as friends. There's a moment where Dean is like laughing and like reaches out to the two of them and is like holding both their hands at the same time and that's a mood. <laughs> that, that scene is so weird mm-hmm. because it the movie doesn't know what it means. No. Like, clearly, and by the end of the film, we, you know, we're led to believe that at least a little bit, Dean is attracted to both Henry and Anna. Mm -hmm. And maybe he doesn't, he's like confused about that or something. Yeah. I don't know. But this, this little like hand touching moment is the only indication that we really get the whole time. (laughs) And it's so, you can easily miss it. (laughs) <laughs> I did miss it I probably well, missed it the first time <laughs> you definitely did miss it the first time because I remember us like freaking out about it in the future like wait is this supposed to indicate this other thing but mm-hmm. so you know once more the director thinking things are very clear that uh, aren't clear mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also Sam is whittling little models of all of the houses and buildings that he's built in town and it's really cute yeah, gotta gotta do something now that he has all this free time. Mm-hmm. Now that he can't climb on roofs, he can just carve some roofs. <laughs> Fall is approaching, 
And Henry once again thanks Thayer and describes food that she definitely didn't make. Like there have been a couple of times where either she would describe food that he didn't eat or he would describe food that she did not make. Um, and she responds by including like a, a suitable doggy meal for Francis in the box from now on. <laughs> absolutely spotted all of those moments yeah she figures it out but mm -hmm. henry never does not once he, he receives clearer and clearer uh information that she is not the one cooking his meals and just ignores it because he was told that she cooks his meals yeah oblivious. it's so obvious <laughs> it's not even like he's dumb. It's like he's purposely ignoring information. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> Henry has done um, a new piece of like the night sky and it's like unfinished and sitting in the cabin and Pike comes over with the delivery and the two of them have dinner without Sam who has gone to bed early. And <laughs> Henry says... Please stay for supper, Pike. And Pike says, why? <laughs> I love him so much. Oh, my God. And then he runs home. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Pike is, like, guilted into agreeing to finally have dinner with Henry because mm -hmm. uh, Sam doesn't feel well, you know, and just to prevent him from eating by himself, I guess. But first, Pike has to properly panic about it. So he <laughs> runs the entire way home mm -hmm. just, like, to change clothes, which presumably he's already put on you know, decent clothes to drop off the food, but it's gotta, mm -hmm. that's not good enough to actually have dinner. So he has to put on like the nicest shirt he owns mm -hmm. and like stare at himself in the mirror and just have a panic attack. Yeah, it's got like seven button cuffs. It's in this really nice shade of red. It's really good. <laughs> he like feeds Francis, combs his hair. Um, and then they have dinner together and Pike notices um, that Henry's new painting is of the Seven Sisters of the Pleiades constellation. And um, Henry's like, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm kind of struggling with it. It's not really done yet. And Pike tells him the, what is the name of the nation? The um, Onondaga version of the Seven Sisters story which is also the origin of the shooting stars in Onondaga, Onondaga uh, mythology, which is that um, there were these, like, late teens, early 20s, you know, like, kids who were supposed to be, like, trying to, like, growing up, you know? And they would always be going up to, I'm, like, super paraphrasing here, I'm doing this from memory, mm. but <laughs> uh, they would always be going up to dance on the mountain, and one day they went up so high, or either they danced for so long that they ended up in the sky indefinitely, dancing forever. Eventually, some of them would want to come home, and that is a shooting star, is one of the kids trying to come down from the mountain. Um, again, that's, like, super quick summary. But it's this really long scene of, like, this movie sort of shifts and, like, we are going to listen to this Native American character talk about this Native American myth and we're going to pay attention and it's just going to be Eric Schweig, like, talking, monologuing at this table. And it's, like, a really good moment, but 
unfortunately, I kind of have to use this as an opportunity to talk mm. about that racism that I uh, mentioned earlier. Yeah, that's the only instance we really get of his native like culture at mm-hmm. all, or really the only indication of the fact that he's you know a member of this tribe throughout the entire movie we don't know we don't know that he's onondaga because first of all the onondaga people the onondaga nation is in new york um and they're in montana he grew up in montana um he could be like separated from like his people in that way but we don't know eric schweig is uh first nations he's inuit and chippewa dene so We've got this character who we don't know which nation or tribe they are from being played by someone who presumably is not from that nation talking about a different myth. And like there is this tendency, especially when white people are involved, to paint all indigenous peoples of like, you know, certain areas with one giant brush and sort of homogenize cultures in that way when there are hundreds of nations and tribes that are all distinct, they all have their own languages, histories, mythologies, religions, cultures, and this is the only indicator that we have of this, like, if, if you watch this movie with your eyes closed, this is the only time that you see, that you are experiencing this Native American character interacting with a Native American culture, and it is just to explain to a white man a story. The, the direct... Oh, go ahead. No, I think that we're about to say the same thing. I was just going to point out that from the director commentary, um, he talks a lot about like... Because all he talks about in the whole commentary basically <laughs> is like the sets. Uh, yeah. And he talks a lot about like background pieces in different shots in different homes. And some of mm-hmm. them are like various... Uh, like rugs or tapestries or things from uh indigenous tribes i don't know if they're all from the same one or not i don't know if he knows i don't think it's really said in the commentary yeah but that implies that none of them are present in pike's home he doesn't have any cultural markers we also he's also the only person of color in this movie the only native american person in this town i guess even though he grew up there where is his family? <laughs> so it's really weird to, and the commentary, you know, makes it clear the director is aware that there should be a, a native presence in this town, demonstrated through various background set pieces and this one character, but it's not mm-hmm. ever a. It's very easy to not even notice a lot of these like decorative pieces also uh the first time watching mm-hmm. alan i think i noticed so i don't why even bother yeah then what's the point of half-assing it <laughs> i don't want to um like discount the fact that it was the year 2000 and so like having this native american character be played by a native american actor um obviously like representing some sort of indigenous culture in this movie and he is like the main character and the pr- the principal love interest that's a big deal for when this movie was but it's 2021 and we're talking about this movie which means that we can look at it through a modern lens and talk about the ways in which this story is insufficient and the ways in which like we need more stories that are helmed by indigenous people that are about like indigenous people 
that have more than one indigenous person in the cast. It is disappointing that just because the native character is played by a native actor, like that in and of itself is yeah. exciting, noteworthy. Mm-hmm. That uh, The bar is so low. It's below ground. Yeah. Um, anyway. So they, they, they bond over this story and they have dinner together. They talk about art a little bit. It is a nice scene. Like, watching the movie the first time, it's a good scene. It's good that this movie, like, pays attention and respects and grandizes this Native American myth. It's good. And, like, we do get the name of the tribe that it is from, which is, like, he doesn't he doesn't just say, oh, there's a Native American story about these stars. He says Onagana. I would have vomited if he said that. Yeah. I would have screamed. I would have thrown things. <laughs> it's like when people say Africa. <laughs> you know, the country Africa. <laughs> so um, then um, the cutest, <laughs> the cutest scene in the movie happens. Uh, we get um, another scene in the general store with Widow Thayer and the store regulars all in Pike's tidy kitchen helping him uh, prepare dinner for, uh, for Sam and Henry. <laughs> It's very good. They're, they've all got like spoons in different pots and he's like trying to conduct them. Like if you've ever had help preparing a big meal, this scene will be very familiar to you. <laughs> yeah, they're just, that's so much fun. They're like debating at different points, you know, whether or not they think Henry actually likes Pike or not. Mm-hmm. And poor Pike is just like enduring this, like kind of wants to die. And it's so cute. Then Henry arrives at the store and they all take very great pains to hide this operation from Henry, even though they're like in the back. They're in Pike's apartment behind the store. Y'all could have just stayed put. Well, they're worried that Henry could smell the food cooking. Mm. And like, that's weird that someone (laughs) who lives in an apartment would be cooking food. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like the thought was that Henry would smell this food cooking and then when he later ate the exact food that he was earlier smelling at a place where it shouldn't have been cooking, he would get confused. But as I said before, Henry is so stupid that he would not pick up on it. Also, Pike, like, goes out to greet, uh, to greet Henry and, like, fixes his collar beforehand. It's very cute. He's so good. Um, Henry asks Pike over for Thanksgiving, which, like, I don't know about this white dude inviting this Native American guy to a Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Oh, no, I didn't even think of that. It's one of those things that feels innocuous until you think about it for a second. (laughs) I mean... Should he not invite him? I don't know. I don't know what like, the protocol is in that situation. Indigenous listeners weigh in. Like, otherwise, Pike would just be presumably eating some, uh, <laughs> you know, TV dinner in the dark alone with his dog. That's true. <laughs> Since he, as we said, has no family for some reason. Yeah. Uh, Dean is also there. He's a homewrecker. <laughs> Like, I love Dean very much, but he's getting in the way of my of my OTP. <laughs> All Dean does in this movie is get in the way of things. Yes. That's actually the, the plot purpose he's serving. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone in this town is so invested in this pairing. Um, like, there is... The theory comes up among the regulars that um, maybe Henry and Dean are together. Like, he's spoken for already. And... Pike is like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And they're like, we're just looking out mm-hmm. for you, Pike. 
um, <laughs> he says, I appreciate your concern. And then I just want things to be nice for him, like indicating the food and Henry. And then they're like, we want things to be nice for you, Pike. And I want things to be nice for Pike too, damn it. They really are so wholesome and supportive of him this entire time. I want more moments like that and less moments that Dean's in. <laughs> Speaking of Dean. Oh, oh. yeah. Um, um, Sam has a scare uh, in the middle of the night. Uh, he, like, can't breathe. And he gets rushed to the hospital and, like, stays there for a while. And Dean is there in his denim hoodie jacket combo. And I'm going to say it once again. That is a bisexual but Henry's, like, out of sorts, obviously, uh, understandably. And Dean drives him home, makes him breakfast. This is the one moment in the director's commentary where I, like, went back and wrote something down in my notes, which is that um, the uh, bazooka said that the two of them were lulled into a sense of intimacy in this scene. And I don't understand because, one... It's not like they weren't close before. You've demonstrated that they are close and possibly have feelings for one another. And two, making someone breakfast in order to take care of them after their parental figure has a health scare is genuinely an intimate thing. Yeah, the one time he actually talks about the narrative of the movie that he's supposed to be talking about, <laughs> and it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Yeah, so... Two bros standing in the kitchen cuddling. Oh, but they do more than cuddle, because they kiss. Yeah, they do kiss. Until <laughs> Dean says he can't. And I don't know... <laughs> Why'd you kiss him, bud? I don't know why he can't. That is not made clear think, to me. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I want to, but I can't. And it's like, why? Am I supposed to intuit this? Does it have something to do with his children? Uh, is he also afraid of the non-existent homophobia in this movie? Uh, is the situation with his ex complicated? Because uh, he has an ex-wife, like that's established. So, and like, well, we don't know. We don't know. And this is a thing that we should know. Right, this is so important to the conflict of uh, Henry and Dean's relationship. And no mm -hmm. one, not Dean, not Henry, not the director. No one wants to talk about it. Yeah. He just says, I can't. And it would be really interesting. Okay. And then we just, we just move on. What? Is this one of those things where like, if I was the age I was now watching this in 2000, had I, would I have been able to intuit that? Elder gays get at us. <laughs> Elder gays. Yeah. <laughs> then it's Thanksgiving. Um, everyone is here. Sam is feeling well enough to play the piano. That's good. Pike is here and he brought nice food. And I don't know why the, the jig isn't up. Because Henry's stupid. <laughs> I, I, I can't emphasize enough. Henry is like told point blank that this woman has not been cooking his food. And he's like, but she's been cooking my food. I, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, they're, they're Thanksgiving and Dean is being weird. Yeah. He's like weirdly <laughs> staring at Henry the whole time, like across mm -hmm. the table, making this really creepy yeah. eye contact. Kind of gives me like Edward Cullen Twilight vibes. Um, <laughs> when it's it's his fault they have weird tension because he said i can't for no reason and then didn't explain it to either henry or us 
And then he and Henry have a conversation. <laughs> They're in a pantry together. And then Dean says, I want to try again, which is fair. Like, if he panicked in that moment, if heteronormativity and compulsory heterosexuality had him by the throat in that moment, and that is why he said, I can't, because, like, he's in his head, he's like, I'm not a guy who kisses guys, then if he wants to try again, and, like, he genuinely has feelings for Henry, and it seems like Henry maybe has feelings for him, then I want to try again is a good line and could have maybe gone somewhere but instead, Henry says, how can you say that? It's like, what? Yeah, Henry gets extremely angry very quickly. Yeah, and, they're like yelling at each other. And I don't know why. And we watched the stupid commentary hoping the director would tell us what's going on. And all the director wanted to yeah. tell us is how small the space was to film in. <laughs> yeah. He's like, these actors are so good because they're really close to each other and really close to the cameraman in this instance. And that's why the sequence is good. And like, no. No, the acting is terrible. Henry's acting in the scene is so bad, okay? It's yeah. so bad. He's just standing mm -hmm. there being his little lump of clay self. And then he just starts yelling <laughs> because Dean speaks to him. And I don't know mm -hmm. why. And he's like, I've already waited so long. What? That's not that's not Dean's fault. It's not Dean's fault that you were a pining mess for ten years. Dog. That's just it's genuinely. That's not. just creepy and pathetic, actually. That's yeah. coming from a person who loves to pine for long periods of time. But that's weird and excessive. <laughs> oh, yeah. And let's all get And supposedly, uh, like according to his agent, he's been to therapy for it, which is. Mm -hmm. A thing that we could get into, not worth getting into. Um, and, the movie didn't get into yeah. it. And unless he's just referring to, like, since he's been back in town, I've already waited so long, <laughs> which is also a weird thing to say. Um, Y'all have both been busy. He's got two kids. You have art and a grandfather to take care of. Like, what? So they, like... Dean kisses him once and and needs a second before he's willing to try it again, but that's too much for Henry. He can't handle yeah. that for some reason. Yeah. His little head's just gonna explode. <laughs> it is the year 2000. This man is allowed to need a second to process his his attraction to other men. Even if even if this wasn't gay, even if this was a straight relationship we're looking at, if if someone mm -hmm. if a friend kisses a friend and then pauses for a second, you know, just just to maybe absorb the fact that they kissed, that's valid. Mm -hmm. That's a thing that happens. Yeah. And then Dean calls him selfish, <laughs> which I don't I understand. Mean Truly. I don't know. He's what 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 is selfish? Of, what is happening? He's not letting him breathe. He's like, I think the thing that you're saying is true. That like, Dean needed a second to breathe, and Henry, because he's yelling and <laughs> blaming uh, Dean for you know his own pining, uh, is being a little selfish. I think that that is Dean's reading of the situation. Okay, that's valid. That wasn't made clear in the movie, but yeah. Absolutely not, but I am a Dean stan. Um, and, and Dean also says here he calls Henry his family, which mm. is like a really sweet sentiment, but I don't really understand how it's true. 
because yeah. they haven't talked for a very long time and they've just kind he of was not aware that you had children dog yeah and they've just been hanging out a little bit recently while henry's in town and now they're family mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i mean maybe like, family meant something different in the year 2000 <laughs> but uh, that just like blew me away when he said that mm-hmm. like there are so many things in this movie that we are meant to intuit based on things that characters tell us, but that are not demonstrated in the text. Not even a little bit. I mean, for most of the things we've been talking about, we really had to like dig into very subtle things that were implied maybe once in the background of half a mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. And, and in this case, it's just something that hasn't been told to us or shown at all. Nope. And this scene is probably supposed to be one of the most important scenes in the movie. I mean, this is the big falling out with this guy that Henry's had a crush on for 10 years and is instantly over as soon as he wants to uh, pursue something, which is Mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah. (laughs) So Henry just uh, starts acting like a, basically a hormonal confused 15 year old is what I wrote in my notes. Um, (laughs) And instantly just shuts off all attraction to Dean forever. (laughs) So, that's a great skill. Good for him. <laughs> I don't know why he needed therapy in the first place if he had this skill all along. Maybe this is a skill he learned in therapy. Is that how therapy works? Um, so then, then we get the actual most important scene in the movie, which is Sam and Henry chatting over pie. Um, and <laughs> Sam asks if Henry is like planning on sticking around now that he's become more ingrained in the community and Henry just does not answer. But... Henry loves not answering direct questions. <laughs> yeah. Just like yes or no questions. <laughs> Cannot summon the energy. So Sam also starts talking about the fact that he knows that Henry is gay. And he doesn't understand why Henry is so actively hiding that from him. Yeah, he doesn't say it explicitly. He's like, mm-hmm. Um, what does he say? I wrote it down. He's like, why are uh, you hiding who you are? Yeah. Um, it's like, did I teach you shame? You know, did I teach you something wrong? Cause you won't tell me who you are. And, mm-hmm. and which is really, really emotional and sweet. And Henry starts crying. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the scene that gets gift on Tumblr. Mm, that makes sense. It's a good scene. <laughs> Uh, somehow Henry believes that this is not him coming out, though. Uh, yeah. Because he later says how he never came out to his grandfather, even though this scene happens. Yeah. So I don't understand how he can have such little, you know, mental capabilities to understand what's <laughs> happening in conversations. I don't really don't like Henry. Look, Henry <laughs> is a dummy. <laughs> so then henry visits the store to drop off uh, a painting for pike and the whole town is there they have nowhere else to be i mean to be fair this is where the drama is yeah the store is the only place where anything ever happens yeah (laughs) they you stick around long enough and something entertaining is bound to start happening Uh, so Pike and Henry are talking in the apartment out back, and Henry's like, I brought you something, and Pike.exe has stopped working. <laughs> like, you can see this man buffer. And well, then what happened? Then Dean is there. <laughs> then Dean comes to the shop, and 
the the regulars the regulars like glare at him the store guys said homewrecker what are you doing here yeah it's very funny literally no one likes dean <laughs> or like maybe doesn't like doesn't like not that they don't like dean but does not like that dean is here interrupting a moment that henry and pike are having yeah and that's where uh i got the during the conversation that henry and pike have that's where i got the impression that pike did have a crush on henry in school did remember mm-hmm. him from school although uh, he's mm-hmm. like too afraid to admit that um i don't know why i mean henry would totally understand he's had a crush for you know a decade <laughs> um and then um, but the painting the painting that he's here to give pike is the uh seven sisters painting uh that because hearing the onondaga uh, myth helped him finish it and that's good and fun and during this conversation henry also announces that he's returning to new york yeah and so pike is like oh this is a going away present and he's sad yeah and he's like no longer wants to be in the same room as him and immediately gets up and leaves yeah like it ends up that like henry is in the living room and pike is in the kitchen and they're having this conversation through a doorway it's good visual story- storytelling honestly also, Dean, like, sees the two of them together, like, through a window and is absolutely devastated, which, like, I don't know why he still cares about Henry so much. Yeah. Dude, did you dirty? I also don't understand what else, why he's so upset because they had, they, they, they broke up, essentially. Also, also, Pike and Henry are just standing next to each other in this. <laughs> there is a lot of assumptions that everyone makes in this movie based on no actual evidence. Dean cries in his truck, and Anna uh, sees him, and the two of them connect um, because he's crying in his car. For no reason, very pathetically, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Henry is cutting and running on very short notice, especially considering that he was teaching an art class at the school. It is fall, and he was teaching an art class at the school, and now Grace is going to be shorthanded. And it's Grace that says, if you get lost in the woods, it's best to stay put and let them find you. I wish that you'd let us find you, is the line that Grace has when they have a conversation about him cutting and running. Yeah, that's a cute line. I I don't know if there's the buildup no. for it. I, I did also think it was kind of weird how convinced everyone in the town was that Henry, like, needed to stay in town. Not that they would like him to be, but that, like, he needed to stay. Mm-hmm. That that struck me as very weird. The next thing I have written down is about Sam. Is that is that what you have? Yeah. yeah. So before Henry's like actually able to leave, uh, Sam passes away. Mm-hmm. And then we have the funeral sequence where um, Sam has carved has finished carving all the buildings in town, and they're displayed at the funeral, and people are encouraged to like go up and take their house with them which i thought was a really good neat idea yeah that was a really nice way to once again establish how close-knit the whole town was Mm -hmm. mary margaret is here and she is bawling her eyes out at this funeral and like i get it funerals are sad by default lots of people cry at weddings and funerals no matter what but it's like very funny that mary margaret is crying yeah and very weird she also says a really weird line in the next scene (laughs) yeah (laughs) Henry is still convinced that Thayer was making all of the food, and at the wake, uh, Mary Margaret has a bit of a tart, 
and um <laughs> uh, she's like who made this and henry says the local widow and she says a woman did not make this what does that mean the director did talk about that line in the commentary because he's he said mm-hmm. he's gotten like weird questions about it before and he defends that line he's like yeah I, I don't see what's wrong with it i think it's funny it makes no sense dude it makes no sense and he does not explain he doesn't once again he thinks it's very obvious what that means but it means nothing. It, yeah. it's, it's gibberish. Can can people taste my my non-binariness in my baked goods? Obviously, <laughs> the absence of gender is very clear. Um, Pike was too anxious to come to the funeral, and so didn't. And he's also not at the wake. And Jim let slip that one of the plates the food came on was Pike's and not theirs. And then this is also the scene where we get that Henry is very sad that, like like you said before, Henry is very sad that he never said the words I'm gay out loud to Sam, which, like, hey, movie. <laughs> like I don't get what the... Sometimes you don't gotta say the words. Yeah, I don't get what his earlier conversation with Sam was about then. What did Henry think that was about? Yeah. Stupid. Pike brings the model of the general store to Pike, but Pike doesn't answer because, again, he is made of anxiety. He's just actively avoiding Henry right now. Yeah. And then Henry says, I need to see you. And Pike is just sad on the other side of the door. And it's really sad. Henry's agent, Mary Margaret, asks him about Pike, but he doesn't want to talk about it. And she says the worst line in the whole movie. Um, she's like, am I the one who's going to have to ask about the Indian? And it's like, why would you refer to a human being in that way? Yeah. The year 2000. (sighs) She says really most of the worst lines. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Get rid of her character and the movie automatically gets so much better. (laughs) The problem is then we only have like two women left and I guess Anne is also there. (laughs) For two scenes. For two scenes. Bear has this really good scene where she comes back to the house after the wake is over and she's got the plate that Henry returned to her and she's like, I'm so sorry, this plate doesn't belong to me. And that's how the jig is up. Then on the day that Henry is supposed to leave to go back to New York, Jim like encourages Pike to go like see him at the airport and and he says, you know, Pike, there's so few surprises in life. And then we get this really good scene of Pike, like, looking at all the cooking stuff that he's bought. And he basically, like, you can see visually on his face. Again, this acting is really good. You can see him, like, realizing that he really does like Henry. And he really was invested in his feelings for him. Um, And we get a rom-com running through the airport scene. This movie's perfect, actually. Well, it would have been, I feel like, Mm -hmm. if he actually... uh, uh did the thing he ran to the airport for. That would have yeah. been fun. <laughs> but it's kind of a letdown. You can tell that this movie was made before 9-11 because he makes it all the way through the metal detector and does not get tased even a little bit. Yeah, he makes it all the way to the gate. Yeah. <laughs> he watches what? the airplane take off. Absolutely wild. Could not mm-hmm. fathom that happening today. <laughs> And then he, like, returns to the general store. And again, the whole town is in the general store. And Henry is really smug for some reason about coming back. He's like, oh, were you looking for me? And it's like, dude, shut up. Uh, Yeah. His character makes no sense in this scene. Yeah, this this is a scene where I'm supposed to be rooting for you the most. And he's just acting the same level of stupid as always. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's great. <laughs> and they have a little pancake breakfast montage uh, while If Wishes Were Hearses plays. And uh, I wish that I could own this movie soundtrack. Then our epilogue is at a town dance. Yeah, I wonder if it's supposed to be like the next 4th of July picnic. Possibly. The star decorations are up in the trees again. It's it's very unclear though, so we're just... Mm-hmm. It's obviously not important. Timelines are not very important, it feels not- like. I mean, we did get a lot of markers of the season changing. That's true, but I don't know. It felt very vague. We don't know when this epilogue takes place. Dean and Anna are dancing, uh, which is cements the tragedy of Dean's storyline, which is that he is a repressed bisexual man who didn't realize that he could be attracted to men, and then the first time that he tried to express his attraction to men, he gets really violently shut down. Not like violently, but like very sternly shut down, and then retreats into the safety of heteronormativity and is in this straight relationship now and will maybe never grapple with his bisexuality, and that's sad. You know, it it, it would be sadder to me if I cared more about him as a character. <laughs> I'm sorry. He does absolutely nothing to, like, redeem himself in my eyes throughout this whole movie, and the movie clearly doesn't care about him. The director clearly doesn't care about him. Tim Decay cares um, about which him. Which maybe that is the saddest part <laughs> of his story. I don't know. Pike and Henry also dance. They're in like the center of the dance floor doing a little doing a little waltz. And the kiss that they do is inappropriate. <laughs> they try to consume <laughs> each other's faces, okay? This is a family <laughs> function event in front of the entire town and you are trying to eat the other person's face and it looked the first time that we watched this i said it looks like they kissed normally or like maybe even like kissed very lightly and the director said no more and they kept going until they were just tongue dueling in the middle of this dance floor and like they stopped swaying they stopped they fully stopped dancing to consume each other's faces it especially is weird considering pike's entire character yeah he doesn't even like these events and now he's okay with this very aggressive pda (laughs) and like i'm not saying is he drunk (laughs) i hope not um I'm not saying that they shouldn't have kissed. They absolutely should have kissed in this moment. It's a good ending to the movie, but they it should have been a different kind of kiss. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it would have been better if we got like a tentative kiss first, mm-hmm. like in the earlier scene. Mm-hmm. Or even I don't like know. in this scene, they kiss once and then they look at each other's eyes and then they just fucking go for it. <laughs> Yeah, we as the audience deserve to see a more hesitant first kiss between them. Yeah, especially since this movie is very much about, like, either first love or, like, the first love that you can pursue, you know? Like, a a lot of this movie is about, like, just, like, processing the first or second time that you're having serious feelings for someone. And the kiss happens. Or it would have been... If the movie was better. If the movie was better. (laughs) This is one of the better ones. If the movie was more self-aware. It is. is, It is a decent movie. It just lacks a bit of self-awareness at times for what's really going on. This is one that I think that everyone, every single person should watch. Uh, (laughs) This is one that I would watch with my mom. Interesting. 
I really like it. Yeah. Other final thoughts? Yeah, I would recommend it to people too. Mm. Not my mom, but I would recommend <laughs> it to people. We have very slightly different moms. Just a little a little bit shifted. <laughs> yeah, next week, what are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about Next open week's cam. the best one. <laughs> we are talking about, um, what is it, 2004's Open Cam. <laughs> I don't have the director's name up in front of me. Um, it's going to be a can't wait. A Get real excited, trip, you guys! Um, you can find the show at but is it underscore gay on Twitter. I'm at Halas Hewlin on Twitter. Uh, Autumn, where are you? And I'm at autumnal underscore season. Um, we talked earlier about how we need to like set an intro, and I think that our sign off outro it's an mm-hmm. outro. <laughs> ah, we said an outro <laughs> or an intro. <laughs> we set an intro, and now we should set an outro. And I think that our sign off should be stay gay. Sounds great. <laughs>